Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, it's our final week of focusing on conservation leaders, and we didn't want to leave out a man by the name of John Muir, the father of the National Park System and the founder of the Sierra Club. So let's jump right into finding out more about John and what he's done for conservation. Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, John Muir is commonly known as the father of national parks, or some people even called him John of the Mountains. And he was born in April of 1938 over in Dunbar, Scotland. And he was known as a farmer, inventor, sheep herder, naturalist, explorer, writer, and conservationist. From an early age, Muir was fascinated with nature and the world around him. His family immigrated to America in 1849, and they settled into a farm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Muir's family didn't have enough money to send him to school, so when he wasn't working on the farm, he spent a lot of his free time teaching himself algebra and geometry. He also fell more in love with the natural world. He became an inventor and a wood carver. He actually made clocks that kept accurate time and a device that tipped him out of bed before dawn. I have to look this one up because, you know, when I saw that, I was like, what? It sounds interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's his form of Clever. an alarm clock. Right. <laughs> In 1860, he actually took his inventions to the State Fair in Wisconsin and won many prizes. And that same year, he began school at the University of Wisconsin. He focused on chemistry, geology, and botany. But after three years, he ended up leaving school for what he called the University of Wilderness. Yeah, and he uh, did several odd jobs. He also explored the land. Uh, But in 1867, While he was working at a carriage parts shop in Indianapolis, he actually suffered a a blinding eye injury that changed his life. Um, Fortunately, somehow, uh, he did regain his sight, and that experience, you know, like a lot of life-changing experiences, caused him to turn his focus to something else. In this case, it was the fields and the woods. Uh, So... Part of that life-changing experience was him starting a walk that ended up being a thousand miles from Indianapolis to all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Then from there he sailed to Cuba and later to Panama. So he ended up in California and went inland to the Sierra Nevada and Yosemite, uh, which really captured his heart. Um, There he herded sheep that first summer. He made his home in Yosemite, and he wandered through the mountains for weeks at a time. And during his travels, Muir contemplated man's relationship with nature, uh, which I often do myself when I'm out there. Um, And he concluded that all life forms have an inherent significant right to exist. So Muir decided that humans are no greater or lesser than other forms of life. And he also realized how fragile nature was and how people's impact on the land through, you know, be it grazing or lumbering and commercial development was really slowly destroying all the beauty of wilderness. So he wrote many magazine articles and books, uh, which really inspired people to love nature and draw attention to the need to protect the environment. In 1874, Mayor wrote a series of articles called Studies in the Sierra, and this launched his successful career as a writer. 
He ended up leaving the mountains, and he made his new home in Martinez, California. Here, he got married, settled down, and went into partnership with his father-in-law, and they managed a family fruit ranch. So even though he managed that fruit farm for 10 years, it didn't really fulfill what he intended to do in life. So his travels took him all over the world, and of course back to the beloved Sierra Nevada. And in later years, he turned more seriously to writing and published 300 articles and 10 major books that recounted his travels. He also became politically involved in the protection of Yosemite from commercial development. And after several legal battles, Congress established Yosemite National Park in 1890 to protect thousands of acres of forest land from further destruction. I actually got to hike Yosemite back in 2018, um, spent a couple weeks kind of touring California, and it was definitely one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Did you hike to the top of any mountains? or? We did a 12-mile hike. Um, we didn't get to do Half Dome. You have to apply for permits for it because um, it's pretty dangerous and takes a long time. But um, I don't know. I was content with the 12 miles we did. I hurt for a few days after that. so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, that's cool. Anyway, cool experience. Yeah, definitely a beautiful place to visit. Um, so after Yosemite was established in 1892, Mir and other private citizens banded together and established the Sierra Club. And the purpose of the Sierra Club was to increase awareness about the potential destruction of the country's wilderness. So President Teddy Roosevelt was actually profoundly influenced by Muir and the conservation movement. And in 1903, Roosevelt actually spent four days in Yosemite with Muir. He camped with him and he learned about the value of the untamed land. Uh, his visit with the naturalist had a tremendous impact on political actions. So during the course of his political term, Roosevelt actually set aside 148 million acres of forest reserves. And he actually also created 50 regions for protection of wildlife. Uh, he founded 16 national monuments and he established five new national parks. So um, a lot stemmed from just spending some time in Muir and, and understanding the importance of the natural world. So the most significant battle that Muir and the Sierra Club ever fought was over the damming of Yosemite's Hetch Hetchy Valley. So for years, conservationists who want to protect the awesome valley and its natural setting were kind of pitted against Californians who wanted to dam the valley and create a new and reliable drinking water reservoir, which, you know, if you follow the news at all, it's still kind of an issue. Um, potable drinking water out in California is hard to come by. Um, so after the destructive 1906 San Francisco earthquake and fire, the decision was made to dam the valley and to provide the recovering city with clean water. Uh, fast forward to 1913, Congress passed a law that approved the construction of the dam in Hetch Hetchy Valley. Uh, worn out by the devastating loss, Muir retreated from political life and he then, then he spent his remaining years writing and spending time with his family. Uh, he ended up passing away in December of 1914. So, I think in conclusion, John Muir has really made an impact on uh, not only people during his time, but our time as well. Uh, his words and his lasting legacy have, you know, really done a lot for the conservation world. 
So with that, I guess we do have a couple of events for you. So the first one is going to be a presentation by Jeff Mitchell on hiking through the natural beauty of Pennsylvania. That's going to be at the Dietrich Theater in downtown Tunkhannock on Saturday, February 5th at 11 a.m. Admission is free, and Jeff's going to cover and Jeff's going to cover all of his adventures from wildlife to vistas to old growth forests and waterfalls. He'll showcase the beauty of the Keystone State. Um, you can see new photographs he's taken from hiking trails, on kayak trips, and other outdoor adventures, predominantly in the Endless Mountain region. And it'll also be a great opportunity to learn more about the amazing natural beauty of our state. Copies of Jeff's books will be available for sale before and after his presentation, and all proceeds will benefit the Dietrich Theater. You do still have to have a ticket for the event, um, even though admission is free, and those are available at the ticket booth or by calling 570-836-1022, extension 3. Yeah, I actually went maybe two years ago. He was giving a presentation on the same topic, and he's really knowledgeable. He's done a lot of hiking, a lot of kayaking around the state, and uh, definitely some really cool pictures that he has. So check that one out. Uh, the other thing we want to mention is Cornell Maple Syrup video series. And we're really nearing that point of the year where daytime temperatures can jump up into the 40s and nighttime temps can fall below freezing. And it means it's almost time to start tapping maple trees. So we thought we'd mention that Cornell University has been working really hard to produce video content that can be viewed right from your own couch. Um, so check it out. They've produced some videos to help both maple producers and those curious about getting into the hobby. And uh, you can learn from a distance, like I said. They have a series of videos that starts out with identification of a maple tree and goes all the way up to the filtering and finishing of the final product. So an extensive library of videos and certainly some things that could really help you out if you're into it. Uh, or interested in getting into the hobby. Um, go to YouTube and type in Cornell Beginner Maple Producers. And uh, if you go to our website, I'll definitely have the link there as well. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.sus.com condistrict.org and find our conservation corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. I'm Don Hibbard saying enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>